0: Sometimes there is nothing better than for someone to look us in the eyes and just validate us to to just know that they know what we are going through, that they get us, they get what our everyday life is like. It can be the best feeling and it can mean so much. Today on this episode, you are going to hear from an incredible mother who has just really learned so much in her life, and she wants to give that to other people. I wanted her to be on this episode to change your perspective, change my perspective, and just really open the door to what other moms need us to see when we look into their eyes. Our guest today is Jessica Pate. She lives with her husband, Chris, in Southern California with their three teenagers. She has a deep passion for special needs moms and started her organization, We Are Brave Together, to provide community for moms to support each other and lift each other up through this journey. Her own story as a special needs mom began in 2003 when her second son was born and diagnosed with a rare genetic disorder called Prader-Willi syndrome. Jessica is the host of her own podcast, Brave Together, and today she gets to have the hot seat as my interview guest. I think this episode is really gonna fill you up and make you see life from the perspective of another mother's eyes, and I think that's what makes us stronger moms and it builds community in a different way that we need in today's world so that we can grow stronger together. Come along, friend. Let's grow. Welcome to families that stick together Just step right over the random pile of clothes where it looks like all my kids melted, turn right past the pile of papers still out from last month's school project, maybe don't look at the sink and make yourself at home, friend. This is where our family of six hangs out. It's where our real life happens. Stay long enough to be reminded of what we both already know, that swimming upstream is not without much work and grace, but it does come with friends who are rooting you on just as fiercely as the way you love your strong family. We work together here as friends so we can get to the end knowing we did well. Come along with us to gather together to grow through it all. Welcome, friend, with your laundry, your running shoes, or your cup of coffee. I can't wait to spend my time with you. And now, my mom who bakes the best monkey bread
1: ever for our sleepovers, Jennifer
0: Zumbiel. As you all know, this podcast exists because our together games existed first. And the reason I made those is because I knew that we real life busy families needed a way to connect in the small moments because it's all about quality, not quantity. And if we can make those small moments count, it can build the foundation that we need of strong communication. So this review came to me. In my text messages from a dear friend, and it was a picture of her daughter holding a sticker, and she said, this sticker made me tear up today. She's growing up quickly and suddenly. Thanks for allowing us to connect a few minutes before soccer. You all, it took... Just a few minutes to get to this mama's heart and really, really, truly look at her daughter in a different way and just fall in love with her all over again. And the sticker was, a risk I took that made me proud was. Imagine having just a few minutes to hear what your small child or your teenage child or your husband, or yourself would say to answer this. You cannot deny the connection that would make. You can order all your stickers for your family at togethermoments.com and just provide the most magical moments and maybe a few tears too. Welcome to families that stick together, Jessica. I'm so happy that you could work this out and be here today.
1: Thank you for having me, Jennifer. I'm excited to be here. It's an honor. I can't wait for
0: our guests to hear what you have to say. And I am certainly very excited too. I have been waiting to sit down and talk to you. The name of your organization, We Are Brave Together, is everything that is the mission of our own Together Moments company, just taking time together to become stronger. In our case, it's about family. But I want you to tell us your story about your family and how your passion for starting We Are Brave Together came to be.
1: Well, I have been married for 23 years to my husband, Chris. We live here in Southern California, and we have three kids, all teenagers, and I have a son- Luke, who is almost 20. He is a sophomore in college at home with us this year doing online college. We have Ryan, who is our son with Prader-Willi syndrome, a very rare genetic disorder. And he's 17. He's a junior. And we have Kate who is 15, she is a freshman in high school, and everyone is at home learning from home. I am one who is extremely passionate about girl time and mommy breaks. I believe so strongly in the friendship of women when we we leave all the junk behind, when we leave competition and comparison and cattiness behind. What I like to say is that the intersection of our lives is a gift and I have been blessed by mentors I have been blessed by amazing girlfriends that I've had for 20 30, 40 years and um, I know how rich it can be when women come together to inspire and challenge and love and support that passion and my own experiences collide with my burden for special needs moms and their families because I've done this journey for 17 years. I know what it's like to feel like other people don't get it unless they are special needs moms. Even though our stories might be different, there is a bond, there is a unique grief that comes with having a child that struggles, whether that's a very known disability, something common, something rare, whether it's a learning difference or a struggle with depression and anxiety. As a mother, your heart aches and your motherhood journey is altered your family life is altered. I wanted to create a place, a community, a tribe where moms could come together in person and support each other and be surrounded by other women who get it and who can organically mentor each other. If you're a few years ahead in the journey, then you have a lot to share. And I have benefited from women in my life who were ahead of me in the journey specifically, who had children with Prader-Willi syndrome. It's invaluable. We learn from each other and we are stronger when we come together and realize, oh, I'm not alone. And I want every mom to realize you are not alone. You don't have to feel alone. And we, we have a chair waiting just for you. I created it hoping that moms who are overwhelmed, too overwhelmed, to create a support group for themselves or to overwhelmed to try to gather moms together. If I did it, maybe they would just show up and they would just know that this is their place. So we launched 3 years ago with a big summer party like a moms night off and we had probably 60 moms come. It was amazing, such an amazing turnout that that just shows you the need. Since then we've we put on support groups, we put on workshops and we put on retreats and we also have retreat scholarships because we know it's invaluable to give a mom a weekend off. This was all pre-COVID, of course, since March, mid-March, we had to switch everything to a virtual platform to still provide inspiration, resources, education, and connection for moms. And we'll keep doing that until restrictions lift, and then we'll be back in person.
0: I think what you're doing is incredible, Jessica, and I was definitely first drawn to you simply because Amy D'Ambra from My Saint My Hero shared your post, I think it was, but I love that it's just called We Are Brave Together, and something you said there just really spoke to me was you believe in the power of friendship with other women. When we leave the competition behind, that intersection of our lives is such a gift. I believe so much in having those good friends that you can lean on for anything. I always tell my kids, you don't need 10 so-so friends. If you have one or two really good friends you can go to for everything, your life will be so full. We we need that. We need each other. Thank you for providing that. And as we go through this episode here, I want to learn so much from you because you said you wanted to provide a space for moms to come together because it's hard for them to talk to other moms who might not get it and get your struggles and what you're going through. And I am one of those moms. I don't have any children with any kind of special need or see that in my daily life. And you are invaluable to us to teach us how we can come to you. Many of us moms will never know the struggles you face. Tell us, what do you want us to know so that we can support you as a fellow mama on this journey? And what do you need us to teach our children to grow compassion towards
1: your children? I appreciate that so much. One of the best things that a girlfriend said to me several years ago was this, dear Jess, I know enough to know. I have no idea what your journey is like, but I love you. I care about you, and I'm here for you, always. And I think those are words that we can say really to anybody in crisis. We may not understand another person's crisis or chronic hardship unless you've walked in those shoes. But we can we could say those same words because it expresses, I see you, I acknowledge you, I acknowledge that I have no idea what it's like, What your journey is like, what your experience is like, what this loss is like, what this crisis is like, but I'm here. I'm here to support you. It made me feel seen. It made me feel heard. I think when you have a child that struggles or who is disabled or has a rare genetic disorder, your motherhood experience is harder. It's hard. I mean, I do believe that everyone has something in their life that makes it difficult. Suffering is universal and it's not just in the special needs world, but I think not being afraid to say something like, don't let it be the elephant in the room in a friendship or in a group of girlfriends. Check in with your girlfriend. How are you? How is today? How is your child? Name the child. How is When anybody says to me specifically, how is Ryan? how is Ryan right now in the middle of COVID? How is Ryan right now in the middle of distance learning? That means everything. That means everything. I would also say, yes, there are a million children's books that you can read with your kids to expose them to disability, expose them to children who are different and have different brains and bodies. But I think, honestly, it goes beyond just reading those stories and talking about it. I think it's important to talk about, but actions speak louder than words. So, what is your family doing to touch the special needs world? What are you doing tangibly that shows the compassion that you're trying to teach?
0: So, do you have ideas for me as
1: um, things that we could do that would be tangible? I think in every school district, there are special needs kids in every church, in every temple, in Um, every community. And there are organizations that are nationwide, like Best Buddies or Friendship Circle, that will take volunteers to help with their programs. Sometimes it's peer volunteers. Sometimes parents can get involved. But I would look for in your city, in your area, what are the organizations, nonprofit organizations that reach out to special needs children, special needs families, parents, and see what you can do to support them. I mean, in my area, like if I had girlfriends say, you know what, we're, we're going to do all the food for your summer event, or we're going to bake for every one of your support group meetings. You just let us know when they are, and we're going to show up. I mean, that would be amazing, right? That would be amazing. I I definitely think there are tangible ways to get involved with the organizations that are out there.
0: I'm really glad you specifically listed that and told us to do that because I think when a lot of times when we think of just the generic term, let's do some community service as a family, and I'm not saying we are brave together is community service because that has a different kind of connotation. I don't mean that, but I I think when we collectively say that, right, we're looking at food pantries or a habitat for humanity type of thing. Right. So Mm -hmm. I'm really glad that you brought this up, Jessica, because I, I do think our communities are full of these places that we can go seek out and help anyone in our community who might not always be, um, served in the same way as other other groups are chosen, if you want to say, by school groups or church groups or whatever.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Another thought I had, one of the biggest needs is respite for special needs families. So for a couple to be able to have a date night or a family to be able to do something and leave their special needs child behind if they don't have the guilt. I don't, I don't believe in that guilt at all because you have other children to attend to, but being able to have those opportunities, whether it's one-on-one with the typical siblings or a date night or a mommy break, um, a lot of people just don't have help or they can't afford it, or they don't qualify for the free respite hours that you get through the state or they don't know how to navigate the system, that's another issue. So I think like if your family said to a family in your neighborhood that obviously you built rapport with, can we come and hang out with your son so you guys can take a break? That would be amazing. That would be amazing. One of my big dreams is for very wealthy, amazing women to start a respite foundation so that families could get free respite because the stress that families go through is exponential and it's daily to have an opportunity to go for a walk or get exercise or have a date night or have a mommy break with other moms or to even get a weekend away. Like at one of our retreats per se, you know, we may, we may only charge a teeny amount for our retreats, but if you don't have childcare to help so that you can leave, And you can't take that retreat.
0: Jessica, I'm so glad you said that. This is why I wanted you to be a guest on the show because the respite thing, I, I wouldn't even think about that because it's just not part of my everyday life. I totally get that you would appreciate so much being able to spend time with your other children and going on a date with your husband and just having rest where you feel comfortable with the people at your house, with your other child or children. And thank you for saying that. I think that is probably speaking to a lot of listeners right now and giving us all ideas of how we can reach out more.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, I would love it if someone in my family would say, you know, I'm going to take Ryan for the day, but it it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Okay. That's why I needed you on here (laughs) to tell us because I, I truly think that we
0: all need to know this and not because we're ignorant, but because it's just, it's like anything in life. If you don't live it daily, you don't know what other people are going through or what you need. And with your whole, we are brave together communities. I just, I love what you're doing there because moms are a demographic in society who naturally seek out community and we need to be with like-minded people, which is what we're just saying. So share with us the strengths and the weaknesses you see in your day-to-day life and what you hear from other moms of children with special needs about the resources and support you feel around you. So like, the strengths and weaknesses of your daily life dealing with a child with special needs and and what we can learn from that from you
1: well i'll start with the strengths because i'm a better human being because of ryan i would not be who i am today if it weren't for ryan there would be no we are brave together if ryan hadn't been born so i am grateful that i am a a better deeper more compassionate Human being, more aware, more my heart has expanded like the ocean because of this journey. And I am grateful for that. And I am grateful for Ryan. And it is really hard. It is hard to manage a child who has so much anxiety and behaviors. I feel like we still walk on eggshells. I worry about how's today going to go. How is he going to wake up? Is he happy? What is he going to obsess about? Um, I just did a post yesterday on Instagram and Facebook, and I called it a two-word prayer. It starts off with, please don't. So, and I list like all these things, you know, that I think about. And then the second half is another two-word prayer, which is, please be, you know, please be the grateful, sweet, compassionate. Child that you are, please remind me to pray every day. Please be the one who reminds me that God cares about every single little prayer. Please be flexible. Please, you know, just it's a whole list. <laughs> but it resonated with a lot of people. It, it, a lot of people commented and a lot of people shared. And it's just a litany of stress and worry and concern that we carry every day. I can't speak to what it's like to have a medically fragile child. That's a whole different story when, you know, you're in and out of the hospital and you're in and out of surgeries and, you know, the moms right now whose children are at risk and they are extremely isolated, haven't left the house in 6 months and they they can't because their child is so high risk. I don't know what that's like. Within we are brave together, we have such a large umbrella. It represents a lot of different disorders, not just autism or CP or Prader-Willi syndrome, which is Ryan's diagnosis. It's, it's everything. And so I hear a lot of stories and in today's day and age where we think that everyone is way more aware and compassionate when it comes to disability, I still hear pre-COVID and on top of COVID, the loneliness and isolation is exponential, but, you know, pre-COVID I would still hear moms say how isolated they feel. Motherhood is isolating anyways, but you add disability to that. And it's a lot worse because we can't necessarily go to mommy and me classes, or we can't participate in some community activities, or maybe it's hard to even take your kid to the grocery store or out in public ever, depending on their needs or depending on their fragility or depending on their allergies. So it's very, very isolating.
0: Gosh, Jessica, I'm my heart just goes out to you, your family, and Ryan is 17. So this has been 17 years of your life, and like you said, you're a better human being because of Ryan, most certainly. But it's come with with a lot of crosses to bear, and you, you're talking about this, but you say how we are brave together, groups provide soul care. And I love that you say that because I can understand immediately what you're saying. Tell us how, if you want to add any more, how having a child with special needs has made you more hyper aware of this need, but how it's impacted you as a mother for all your children.
1: Um, well, the soul care piece that I think is fed is just fed by a community and connection for all of us as human beings. We are meant to be in community. We are meant to be in a tribe, in a village together. And I think that when someone looks you in the eyes and validates you, it fills your soul. It you, You're you like, oh, I'm not crazy or I'm not wrong for having these emotions or these thoughts or these feelings or the cyclical grief that happens in special needs motherhood. And when you are validated by another person who gets it and gets you, it just fills you up. And and I'm an extrovert, so I'm naturally filled up by other people. I'm a gatherer and a connector. And so coming together in person has so much physical, emotional, spiritual energy for me. But I think you know, that's what's missing on the Zoom. You know, we're trying to reach out virtually right now, but it's not the same as being in person.
0: Isn't this interview with Jessica just incredible? I know that whatever our season of life is, whatever we are walking, as moms, we really do just crave that community, don't we? We just want to know that our feelings are validated, that people are going through the same thing as us, and that we are being heard. And you know, our family that we live with every day, they want to do the same thing. And I know how it is. We get so busy and we just keep going, and it's hard to slow down. But what if there was a way to do it just in 10 minutes? What if there was a way to connect, to look each other in the eyes, just like we talked about here in this interview, and just validate each other and know, hey, I understand what you're going through, or I understand what you wanna celebrate today, or I just hear you and I wanna be with you, and I wanna take time to gather. We have 105 stickers in our together for family dinner and it is incredible. It works for slowing you down and meeting each other where you wanna be. Seven categories, each with 15 unique and fun stickers. No one word answers. You dig deeper and it builds and reveals character. I'm gonna ask Jessica a question here from our family discussion category. What are some family traditions you have that you should keep and are there any
1: you should get rid of? This is such a great question. I love our family get-togethers. I have a huge family on both sides because there's just so much family. Um, We do a pre-Christmas get-together with uh, the Pajay side of the family. So there are nine grandkids. So my kids have six cousins. We will get together a few days before Christmas and we rotate houses. The cousins all pick names to give gifts to each other. The dads give gifts to each other and the moms give gifts to each other and it's just a really special Christmas tradition that my kids, I look forward to, my husband looks forward to, and, and we also do a summer gathering where it's a weekend away and sometimes it's just for the day if that's all that we can manage at a hotel or a location or somebody's house. Just have cousin time and it's really a special time.
0: I once read a quote that said, you go to grandma's house to find your best friends because they're your cousin's.
1: Oh, I love that. Jennifer. I know. Isn't that
0: sweet? I love cousin time too.
1: I wish it was more often. I
0: wish we were neighbors. Oh, I do too. Cousins are very special. They are.
1: And for my family, how it's impacted my family, I always say that Luke and Kate are going to be great spouses, great partners someday because of everything that they've experienced and learned and. <laughs> the resilience that's there, the heart, the compassion, patience, and, and certainly my husband. I have an amazing husband who's been supportive from the beginning. I never felt like I was alone in this. It's definitely drawn us closer, the crisis that we've been through. Thankfully, it hasn't driven us apart. But we are very proactive about self-care and exercise and taking breaks without guilt. And we've taken trips without Ryan. We've had days without Ryan. We've had dates with the kids. We've been intentional about trying to give them time and attention and validation for their feelings and their experiences.
0: So I have a question that I didn't give you ahead of time, but tell me, tell me how Ryan helps with your soul care. Like what are all the positive things he does for your soul
1: care? You can make me cry. (laughs) Thank you for asking that. He is very sweet and caring. And he always reminds me to pray for people. And I'll never forget the first time that I did brunch and support group meeting at my house in 2017, when we launched We Are Brave, he came home from school and he said, did the mom's? Sorry, I can't get it out. He said, did the moms feel loved today? And he says that, you know, over the last three years. And uh, he just, even though, (laughs) so in in the prader really world, we joke about how many questions our kids ask, like thousands of questions per day. But he sometimes comes up with these really deep, mature questions at times (sighs) I've had to learn, and I have to remind myself when the anxiety is rearing its head that there's my precious Ryan, that he's this human being who's struggling. It's not the disorder that I see, but it's my son who's struggling with anxiety and not understanding because his cognitive ability is understanding. He's not trying to drive me crazy. It's what his brain and body are doing to him right now. It strengthens my compassion and patience not always i am not a saint <laughs> i am not a saint i wish i could say i re- responded with mindfulness and calm every time he acts up or is difficult but i've learned so much from this mothering experience
0: obviously jessica he understands he understands that compassion towards other people because you just said his first question was, did the moms feel loved? That's, that's incredible that that's what he was thinking about. I know. It's
1: pretty remarkable.
0: It's Aww, pretty, what teenager you're such says an amazing that? mama. I don't know. I try. No, <laughs> you knowing are. Knowing. Your kids. Yes. Compassion is not, it's learned through much action and
1: modeling and grace. And that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I, I'm not gonna. I you know. I don't want you to put me on a pedestal. There are days I want to sell my kids. So just like every other mother,
0: <laughs> we understand <It's laughs> the the two word prayers all day long, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gosh, you are leaving us with such good wisdom here. But I, I want to ask you something. I don't know if there's a top thing you haven't said. What's one thought that you could leave us with that you think would change? my view, any listener's view on families raising children with special needs and how we can use that to change our world for you and for ourselves? That's a big
1: question. I wish I had my like elevator line for you. Like this is what I would say. I think it's just important to be aware, be aware that 20% of the population is disabled. It is a huge community that is not off in the little corner. One out of five children in the United States have a healthcare need. The rate of growth and developmental disabilities in the last 30 years, I just heard this on a podcast. This wasn't from my own research, but in the last 30 years, it's grown 40-fold. So 30 years ago, 3,000 in the state of California, and now 120,000 in the state of California that are under the developmental disabilities sort of umbrella. And I'm sure that doesn't even encompass every single rare disorder. In our world, we have a lot of adults with special needs and the rate is not slowing down. So it's going to grow. And we are gonna need a lot of nonprofit organizations to support severely affected adults with special needs. We need housing. Amazing day programs. We need opportunities for employment. And there is a whole population that are not employable, too. So, what do we do to give them a quality of life and to feel purposeful, to have dignity, and to be taken care of, to be well taken care of? I just trust and pray and hope that there are going to be amazing people that rise up to help these generations of adults who need tremendous. Support and quality of life.
0: Thank you for saying that. I hope that this stirs the hearts of a lot of people on here, or they pass this episode on to someone they know who they think would be really perfect for a role like that. Because I hear you, I, I understand that this is a big need. I I want to leave you with a little hope, not because it's my own child, but because it's the next generation. Now this is going to make me cry. (laughs) Um, Cool. I have a lot of editing to do here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, my, My oldest daughter came downstairs. She just turned 13 this summer and she came downstairs and said, Hey mom, this was, I was cleaning up the kitchen or something. I went to bed last night and I just kept thinking, I want to start a baseball league for kids with disabilities and I woke up this morning and it's still on my heart so I feel like it's something I really need to do and we had not been talking about it I can't think of anything that she came across that made her do that or think that but she sat down at my husband's desk and just started mapping things out And then she called her friend in her class and they started, they spent 45 minutes on the phone coming up with things to do and people in our community, they would need to contact to pull this off. It was the coolest thing. Now I will say nothing has come of it yet because, you know, 2020, but, um, (laughs) but I also knew there was a couple other baseball leagues like that and stuff, but she wanted to do something a little different. And I'm, I'm telling you that because, you know, these seeds are being planted and God will hopefully use people, well, I know he will, to to raise up and just meet the needs of all these people and your we are brave together communities so that you guys can be served by people we don't even know will
1: we'll be led to that. That is my hope. That is my prayer. That is my dream is that that more and more people will recognize needs and reach out to this forgotten population. Mm. Well, they will
0: not be forgotten when you get a hold of the world, girl. Thank you. <laughs> you, you are doing such amazing things. And I, I want you to tell us, because we haven't talked about this, how would someone go about building a We Are Brave Together chapter in their community?
1: Thank you for asking. It's very simple. And and we have already launched uh, about half a dozen satellite support groups. If someone is interested, wherever you are in the world, wherever you are in the United States, in starting a satellite support group, they would just need to get in touch with me. I can be found through wearebravetogether.com or we are brave at gmail.com. It's very easy. I mean, right now it's over Zoom. So it's very easy to start a support group wherever you are. We have training that we put support group facilitators through. We will mentor you. We will give you the tools that you need to start that wherever you are. It's It's not hard to do. And in a
0: the real world, these communities would meet together in person, correct, at a designated location? And is this once a week, once a month? What is it?
1: So we we leave that up to the support group facilitator. So whatever she wants to commit to for, I mean, it's, it's not a hard and fast year. I mean, and it could be even longer, um, depending on how things go. This is all new for our organization to launch all these satellite support groups. This is new for 2020 which is remarkable in the middle of COVID that this is happening, and I'm grateful for all these women who have risen up to say, I would like to start a support group where I am. Once restrictions lift, then support group facilitators will offer a Zoom for those people out of the area, for those who can't leave their life necessarily to get to a support group, and then they'll offer an in-person one at their home, or they can find another hostess to host an in-person support group meeting. Could be once a month, it could be quarterly, it could be every other month It's up to that support group facilitator.
0: Well, these sound amazing. I hope that these are popping up in the Midwest around me in Kentucky and Ohio really soon because of this podcast. All right, Jessica, here's the question I ask every guest. What's one thing helping your family stick together right now?
1: Right now, I think we've had more family dinners than we've had in a long time, and so that's been really great. That is one one special takeaway from this season, having Luke home, who's my college student, and to have more family times together has been great, and so I'll just savor that. Family dinner, it is the one place in our house that is
0: just begging us to gather and grow stronger together, right? Absolutely. Jessica, please tell everyone how they can connect with you, how they can find out more about We Are Brave Together and join an online community.
1: You can find us at wearebravetogether.com. There's a little pop up form. So if you are a mom caring for any age child with any challenge, diagnosis, or disability, join us there. We also have a private Facebook group that you can be a part of. We also have a podcast called Brave Together. And it can be found on iTunes and Spotify. And we are on Instagram at WeAreBraveTogether. We also have an Instagram page for our podcast and it's at BraveTogetherPod. So there's lots of ways that you can follow what we're doing. If you join the community, you get a newsletter twice a month that shares some inspiration and all the things that we are doing. And then we also send out emails about special events like, well, we're doing a virtual retreat at the end of September. You know, we're just trying to offer different kinds of things virtually. And so all of that is in our newsletter. We post it on Instagram as well.
0: Excellent. So if you loved this interview with Jessica and you want to just keep hearing from her, definitely go check out her podcast and stay up to date with her. Thank you for being here. I feel like I gained so much knowledge and I, I just I'm leaving feeling like like a better person because I have learned from you. Thank you for sharing your heart
1: with us today. Oh, thank you so much for the opportunity. I really appreciate it, Jennifer. It's you know, just being able to use my voice to share what's going on in our our world and what my heart is for special needs families. Thank you for this opportunity. <laughs>